0: It is good to have Kobe with us today. He came to celebrate his mom. You will get your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17b. That means we'll be looking at the second half. We looked at the first half last week. Found your place. Let's stand in honor of reading God's word, and I'll just read the whole verse. It says, "And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." Father, we come and we thank you for the word of God. Lord, we pray God that you would bless it this day to our understanding. For your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It is good to open the Word of God. Amen. In my preparation for this sermon, every verse in the Bible is a reference, scripture. To the word of God. I even asked Tracy. How do I close this? When you preach on the word of God. That you preach it every Sunday. How do you exhaust it? You cannot exhaust it. It is the living word. Of God. It is the sword. Of the spirit. We've been suiting up. With the armor of God for weeks now the the short and simple of it is that as a christian one is a warrior a warrior indeed as a child of god living in the darkness of this world we must understand that there is no ease there's a battle raging on in this world the friendship of the world would be enmity to God. And as children of God, we are Christian soldiers suiting up piece by piece in order to meet the difficulties in standing our ground. The Apostle Paul has stated often in verse 10, Be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. And he tells us in verse 11, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. It says, take up the full armor of God in verse 13. So that you may be able to resist the evil day having done everything to stand firm. Verse 14 starts off with that same phrase, stand firm. As Christians, we must come to understand the importance of standing firm, standing true to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Being faithful and persevering. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit to encourage believers to be strong and to stand firm. And it takes suiting up. And in these verses, verses 14 through 17, we have looked at the armor of God piece by piece. They strengthen us and help us to stand as Christian men and women. It is real warfare. In order to just stand firm, we need these items. We can only think what the actual warfare will be and is. There is no peace treaty. We can't make a treaty with the evil one. We can't sit there and say it's okay to sin. That There's no compromise for the Christian warrior. Our path is narrow. It is not the broad way. The, The modern day church is trying to broaden the way. But my friends, the church should be narrowing the way. It is by Christ and Christ alone. And he gives that to us throughout his word. It's narrow. You want to compliment me? You can say, Brother Larry, you're so narrow. As children of God, we have a narrow path. The battle is real. We should not say that we have little sin because there's no such animal uh, I, I heard believers talk about other people's sin as that it was gigantic and huge and outlandish but what we all need to understand is what we if we so call ours a little sin that it's just as great in God's eyes as the big sin that we're talking about that others has Kobe, I got this in my notes and I didn't even know you were going to be here. Our son Kobe, when uh, he was living at home, he had a 50 gallon water fish aquarium. We had wooden floors. I think I had dreams about that aquarium just exploding and 50 (laughs) gallons of water rushing through the house. There was a constant concern about that water tank. My work had sent me to Dallas, Texas for school. And as I was driving there, Tracy called me and said, hey, Colby said that he's gonna agree to get rid of that tank. And inside there was this hallelujah courses going off inside of me. And and he says, because he wants a little snake and and it's going to be a small aquarium That this little snake and y'all that y'all were here most of you that and remember this and and so i said yes a little snake great that's wonderful get rid of 50 gallons of water and i got home that little snake was only little because it was a baby it was a boa constrictor that grew to be a very huge beast. It didn't stay little. Why am I saying that? I want you to know about your sin. That you call little, it won't stay little. It'll grow. It'll grow and it'll become massive. And just like that boa constrictor, how it would... This one, thankfully, never did do this, but... How it would kill its prey is by wrapping itself around it and squeezing the life out of it. That's what your little sin will do to you. It will squeeze the life out of you. You'll keep playing with it. You'll think it's harmless. And and then one day, it will kill you. Sin is never little. You might call it little, but it will grow rapidly. It, it came to the point that the snake had to go. And I pray that in your life, that your sin has come to the point where it has to go. First John nine that you confess it. And know that he is faithful to cleanse you of all iniquity. There's victory in Jesus. We cannot be neutral with it. There's infinite damage may be done by carelessness. You can't play with it. It's not even to be touched. It is not to appear how beautiful it is. Or how good it seems. Take no chances with it. It is out to destroy you. It wants to suck the life out of you. Oh yes. It's fun for a season. But it wants to kill you. We must be clear about the matter of sin. We to be obedient to God's word and allow it to sharpen us. We must be decisive about the issue. To have courage, be resolved. We must take the sword. We need to to show up with a sword in hand. As policemen go into a place where there's trouble. Maybe it's a burglar inside of a building or maybe it's a school shooting. There's a phrase that policemen use, it's called ready gun. And what ready gun is, is is that the gun is no longer in its holster, it's in our hand. We're not going to wait until we see the threat to start getting our gun out of our holster and putting it in our hand it's going to be ready God and the word of God needs to be the ready word in our hearts and minds because he is so sly and he is so cunning and he's always ready for the sneak attack and we need to know the word of God We need to be resolved. We need to fight the good fight. Wear the armor of God and take the armor and use it and apply it to our life. Take the sword. Be ready. Last week I made the comment that the helmet of salvation was the last piece of defensive armor. And I must retract that because the sword is not only offensive, but it's defensive. And we'll look at that in just a minute. Our text, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Our order is to take the sword and use it as if it is ours. To be so familiar with God's word that he has given us, that is ours. When I first started police work, uh, we didn't buy our own gun that the department gave us. A gun, and, and that gun, even though it belonged to the city of Monroe, it was mine. It was me to use to protect the public and to protect myself. And God wants us to use His Word, He wants us to know it like it's ours, that we are His children. The sword bleeds the heart. Do you remember it cutting your heart? I remember. I remembered when God revealed to me that it was sin in my life and it needed to be cut out. I remember that sword piercing my heart and saying that's me. That's me who is in sin. And still today, still today, it will pierce me. I can be reading a text and I'll cry, oh God, that's me. Forgive me, God, for I've sinned against you. And that should be all of us. There's not one in this room that's perfect. The Holy Spirit wields no sword. The the Word of God. This this wonderful book, the Bible, contains words from God. He works on us. That is a beautiful picture. He's the artist, we're the clay. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. John Calvin writes, In the very recesses of the heart of men, and we must not be slightly pricked or torn But thoroughly wounded. That being prostate under the sense of eternal death. We may be taught to die to ourselves. In short we shall be renewed. In the whole mind in which Paul requires. And he says this in Ephesians 4.23. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This prepares us to do verse 24 of Ephesians 4 and put on the new self which is in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth until our old man be slain by the edge of the spiritual sword. Calvin refers to Philippians 2.17 where the apostle Paul states, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and in service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. Calvin states that the faithful are offered as a sacrifice to God by the gospel, for they cannot otherwise be brought to obey than by having, as it were, their own will slain. Nor can they receive the light of God's wisdom, than by having the wisdom of their flesh destroyed. It is only by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If we are truly going to die to selfishness, pride, and a host of sins that recessed in the depraved heart of mankind, it will be done by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We must know that this is a powerful word So powerful that the Bible says it converts the soul. Jesus said you must be born again. It's by its power that we are born again. As the sword of the Spirit, the Bible offers limitless resources and blessings to the believer. First of all, it is a source of truth. Listen, my friends, it is, as you've heard me say many times, it is the absolute truth. It is the only absolute truth. God's word is true, and that's it. We hear the old saying, well, God said it, and I believe it. We don't have to, that last phrase, don't have to be there. God said it. It's not whether I believe it or not. God said it, it's true. We have a true God in this Word. This Word, my friends. Sometimes people call it a book. This is, to me, the definition is not a book. It is the living Word of God. And it's there for our benefit, but most of all, for His glory. When the believer lives it out, we have a big God. And I like my big Bible. Because He's big, He's beyond our imagination, He's more than we could ever think of. He holds the, the waters in the span of His hand. Our God is, is too big for us to even to imagine. We serve a big God who has given us His Word so that we may know Him through His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As the sword of the Spirit, the Bible offers limitless resources and blessings. Jesus said in John 17, 17, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. How are we sanctified? How can we continually put off sin? how can we continue to go closer and closer to god it's through the word of god it's listening to him it's listening to his word it's it's Meditating upon His Word. Get you a passage of Scripture and hang out there for a while and think about it, meditate, read it over and over, and ask God and pray that God would open that Scripture up to you and reveal to you what you need to know from His Word. Be hungry, be thirsty. Hunger for his righteousness, thirst for it. And the scripture says, You shall be filled. Psalms 19, verse 7 and 8 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure in lighting the eyes. Oh, my friends, if you want to be restored, if you want to be right, if you want to rejoice in the heart, if you want to be pure in your eyes, be in the Word. Be in the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 and 6 says, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, or He will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. There's nothing we. We, mankind, the creature, against the Creator, can add to His word? Nothing. Nothing. Come on, beloved. This is God's word. It is inexhaustible. It performs to everything in life. It has no end. It can be trusted. <clears throat> I never forget sitting in the living room of Mike Bell's. I've mentioned this many times he had not been to church in his adult life. His parents took him to church every Sunday morning and night and Wednesday, probably when he was a child. But when he got grown, he got out of church. Skipping a lot of good stuff that happened between there and that, I wound up in his living room. Never had met him before, never seen him. And he said, preacher, there's that Bible up on my bookshelf. I've taken it down and I've read some of it. To be honest with you, I don't understand it. He said, but I'm a farmer and I put seed in the ground and I do believe that God raises the plant. but I'm just not ready to serve him yet. He said, so preacher, why don't you just pray? I took it as he'd been visited by preachers before and that's what the preacher did right before they leave is they pray. So he was ready for me to leave and he said, why don't you pray? And I did. He probably never heard that prayer before Because I said, God, we are here. You heard the man said that he knows you're real, but he just don't want to serve you. Get him ready to serve you, God. Cast every what you got on him and get on him. Don't let him sleep. Let him be bothered. When I got through praying, he had tears running down his eyes. And he said, keep praying, preacher. I'm not ready yet. That next Sunday, he walked into the church. Oh, there was a mama. mom and dad had already gone to heaven, but mama was so happy. There was a brother and a sister in there. They was elated. He was there. The invitation was given. He grabbed that pew in front of him, and his knuckles turned red from Holding on so tight, I extended that invitation. Some praying that God would move him, and He didn't. And He walked by me, leaving the church. He said, "Preacher, keep praying." And I said, "Oh, I am. I am." The next Sunday. As soon as the pianist hit the first key on the invitation, Mike Doe weighed 450 pounds. And he came from about the thirds of the last spot like where Cleve is sitting. He came and, and I was a big man myself. And we had the biggest bear hug. And he was crying out where the whole church could hear him. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I never seen church like that before or since. Everybody in the church stood up and was applauding. Mama and brothers and siblings were crying, and people were saying "Hallelujah, Hallelujah." Mike Doe was saved. I told the whole story to get back to the part where he says, Preacher, that Bible, I've taken it down and I've read it, but I don't understand it. And I told him in response to that, that's because you've never asked a school teacher to come into the heart and teach it to you. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that Bible would be very hard for you to understand. You must ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Pray that He's knocking on your door. And that He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you the interpretation of the Bible. You can't do it without it. It is sufficient for all our needs. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, and that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Isaiah 1-2 says, Listen, O heavens, hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. He speaks. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear His voice. He wants you to commune with Him. Those who listen to God's word and heed it gives evidence that they belong to God. What a person does with God's word gives profounding evidence that his or her relationship is with God. And Jesus said this in John 8, 47. He says, he who is of God hears the words of God. And he goes on to say, for this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Back up in chapter 8 of John, verse 31 and 32. It says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him. If you continue in my word, then you are disciples of mine. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. The Word of God is effective. When the truth is proclaimed and applied, things are sure to happen. In Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11 says, So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter which I sent it. It's effective. God's Word is effective. You want to know how to pray? Get in God's Word. It was Psalms 143, and I'm forgiving for not remembering the verse, but we have on a little Bible out that sends us a verse today. A and Tracy, I was in there writing some notes last night, and Tracy coming there and said, Hey, our Bible verse is this. as you read the verse and we both said, man, that is a good prayer. If we just pray Psalms 143. The Creator made us. The creature. He made us the creature. The created beings. He put a soul in our body. In our body of flesh. And God's Word tells us in Psalms 103 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not of his benefits, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Ah, the sword of the Spirit is first of all a defensive weapon. It's capable of deflecting the blows of the opponent and a supreme weapon of defense against the onslaughts of Satan. The sword can deflect and attack only if it is handled precisely and skillfully. A believer who relies on the experience of salvation and their feelings are vulnerable to all sorts of spiritual danger. Jesus, in the time of Satan, trying to attempt him in the wilderness, in Matthew 4, in verse 4, it says, well, first of all, it says Satan was tempting him, trying to get him to turn stone into bread because he had been fasting for forty days. And but Jesus responded to Satan's tempt. He said, "It is written." Where did he go to? He went to the Word of God. It is written, "You shall not put the Lord your God to the test." The devil the devil tempts him by using the written word himself. He says, well, he's going to throw the word at me. I'm going to throw some word back at him. And he's told him to, to jump off the top of the temple because the angels would catch him and take care of him. But Christ, as a defensive weapon, again said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Satan And this one here kind of baffles me. Satan takes him to the high mountain and shows him the things of this world and their glory. And he says, all of this is yours if you'll fall down and worship me. Well, listen, Satan, you big dummy, who do you think created all these things? But that's not what Jesus said. He said, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Faithful believers in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, overcame the accuser because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. What is the word of their testimony? It's faith. Faith in what and who? They believe. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by a word, a particular word. And that particular word is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. It's that sin atoning death. If you've never read, and if you like reading, don't replace it with your time reading the Bible. But if you can ever get your hands on a book written by David Martin Lloyd Jones, his last name is Lloyd Dash Jones. He was born in the late 1800s and died in 1980, and he was a wonderful preacher. But he's a wonderful writer. And this is what David Martin Lloyd-Jones said. Martin Luther, the reformer, was held in darkness by the devil, though he was a monk. He was trying to save himself by works. He was fasting, sweating, praying, and yet he was miserable and unhappy. And in bondage. Superstitious. Roman Catholic teaching held him captive. But he was delivered by the word of scripture. The just shall live by faith. From the moment he began to understand this word. As he had never understood it before. And better he understood it. The more he saw the errors taught by Rome. He saw that error of his practice and so became more intent on the reformation of the church. He proceeded to do all in terms of exposition and of scriptures and great doctors, the great doctors in the Roman church stood against him. He sometimes had to stand alone and meet them in close combat and invariably he took his stand upon the scripture. He maintained the church is not above the scriptures. The standard by which you judge even the church, he said, is the scripture. And though that he was one man at first standing alone, he was able to fight the Roman Catholic system and 12 centuries of tradition. He did so by taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is essential The Word of God is essential, my friends. Do do we treat it as it is essential? It is essential for every part of our life. Remember, we are the created being. These words are by the Creator. And He tells us through His Word, This is How you to live? This gives eternal life. It is the words of eternal life for you. Isn't it something that when we get a phone call from the doctor, I'll use myself on this one. Get a phone call November the, well, I got a phone call to tell me to come in on November the 9th to go over my blood test results. And I go, and they read out my, what's that thing called, ALC something? My blood measurement for three months. Uh, 9.3. Doc says, your diabetic. I'm going to put you on this medicine. Your blood pressure is high, so I'm going to put you on this medicine. And your cholesterol is high, so I'm going to put you on this medicine. Now, before November the 9th, a chocolate cake better not get near me. That bluebell ice cream with that chocolate shale that when you pour it on top of it, it hardens on top of it. My spoon knew exactly how to dig into that. November the 9th, I told the doctor, I said, Doctor, I don't like medicine. I don't. I do not like putting stuff in my body except food. I said, I'm going to take your medicine. But I'm getting off of it. Since November 9th, I haven't eaten bluebell ice cream or a chocolate shell. I haven't eaten the sweets that I needed. Because why? Because I don't want to be a diabetic, even though I am. And why am I a diabetic? Because I ate bad. I didn't, I came here people in a size 40 diaper. Uh, I've always been big. And I got an appointment next week, he, after three months, my, care what that letters are, dropped down to five, what is it? A1c. Uh, It dropped down to 5.7 and he took me off my diabetes medicine. He says, insurance don't pay to check your cholesterol and, uh, until six months. And so next week I'm going back and and I'm really believing I'm going to get off all my medicine. But see, God's word. It, I was told many, many times. I used to go to a doctor for sinus infection and he'd give me a diet plan. I'm, I'm not kidding. Larry, you need to lose some weight. You need to lose some weight. I've heard that my whole life. I need to lose some weight. And, but God's Word tells us the wages of sin is death. Right? The wages of sin is death. And it tells us about the glories of God's Word that we've looked at today, of, of how we can be strengthened, how our heart can rejoice. And all these things, but yet we just go along satisfying the flesh, being happy with self, and, and playing around with self. And let, instead of letting the Holy Spirit, with the sword of God's Word, slay our selfishness, we continue to play with it. till the doctor calls. When the doctor calls... Put me on the prayer list. Y'all pray. Pray. I can't, I can't tell you, there's, there's been some that I hadn't even heard from in a long time that call me, Larry, this is what the doctor said, would you please pray? And I, I, that's good. Don't get me wrong, that's good. We as believers should pray all the time. That we talk to Him more than anyone else. That we pray to Him. We should be prayed up. It is essential to be in God's Word. be known and loved and practiced if we're to win the onslaught of Satan. No believer has the excuse for not knowing or understanding God's Word. No one. Battle with it. If you're having problems, read it, read it, read it, read it. There's commentaries out there. There's There's things to help. But as children of God, the foremost thing that we need to know in our life is the Word of God. Trust Him. Every believer has God's own Holy Spirit. That's that divine teacher I was talking about of God's Word. Our only task is to submit to His instruction by studying His Word with commitment. With commitment. Can you be committed to be in the Word of God? And you've got to find... A time to be committed. I have found out for me that late evenings is not a good time. I had to this past week. Uh, I believe it's on studying for my Friday morning devotion. And I, I drank dark roast coffee. Late evening. Um, so that I could stay up and study. I stayed up. <laughs> I think I went to sleep, Sarah, you know. but, uh Things will try to get in your way. When you want to study God's word, something, the phone's going to ring. Somebody's going to drop by. There'll be a task that needs to be done. But there's, remember, God's word is powerful. It's effective. And it's essential. How powerful do you believe it to be? How effective do you believe it to be? How essential is it in your life? I think we rob ourselves of blessings. Blessings. Because we don't spend enough time. In God's word. It is the sword of the spirit. It is God's word. Let's pray. Father. Lord God we come to you. We thank you so much God. For your empowering. Living. Truth. Without any mixture of error whatsoever. It's infallibility. Lord it's. It is. It is. It's essential. It's effective. God, let your Holy Spirit convict us. Or that we may grow in and grow closer to you. And let self, selfishness, fleshly things be slain. Of the old man. And help us to be the new man that desires you and wants to be hungry and thirsty to be filled with your righteousness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing number 200.